Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from the Watchtower, I'll be your host, Dave Trumbor. <laughs> Joining me at the Metro Tower, my co-host, Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going tonight, Sean? David, David, David. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Glad to be back. It's been a while. Yeah. How are you <laughs> feeling? Yeah, I'm better now. Thank you guys for uh, covering very much, and thanks uh, Mel and Jamal for stepping in and and uh, making you not have to talk by yourself for an hour about cartoons. So I appreciate that, guys. That would be a weird podcast. Yeah, who knows? It could be the next big thing. But uh, no, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be finishing up this month strong with a very special episode from uh, a great series. Um, mm. And another one that we're going to kind of tie in to an upcoming movie, which to be honest with you, and we can get into this later on, I don't think these live action movies are ever going to hold up the way that the animated um, specials and cartoons have been like just watching yeah. this one again just like holy shit man this stuff is really good and, like these guys had it down solid and I don't know if a, if a movie even not you know even if it's not this go round I don't know if a movie can ever be this good <laughs> <laughs> the amazing well the amazing thing and this just continues the praise train is I just started watching season 2 of Young Justice oh okay and there are even tie-ins there which the tie-ins is incredible to the movie to or tie-ins back to like this? Uh, sorry, tie-ins to, uh, to the show that we watched oh, okay. Uh, okay. for tonight. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell the folks out there what show we did watch tonight? So we don't uh, have to string them along anymore. Yeah, right. We watched Justice League Unlimited. And, and we then, watched... Yeah, sorry, I was just going to say there was a little bit of like confusion too, because I guess there was what? There was Justice League right. originally. And we can get into this in a little bit just for clarification. Um, but yeah, so Justice League Unlimited, and then we'll we'll let you guys know which episodes we actually watched, um, just to be more specific. But yeah, as you were saying, uh, right, and we watched the two episodes that are actually at the very very end of the series. Yeah. So uh, this was again unbeknownst to us. Again, we were looking at IMDb to see exactly what the the highest ranked episode was going to be. Right. And at this time, they recommended that we watch Destroyer, which, wow, from is a great into Static it, X song. Um, yeah, <laughs> but other than that, I didn't know what to expect with this one because it's just kind of such a like, not a generic title, but a one-word title. Like, really, it could be anything. Right. And honestly, in like a Justice League episode, you could have a Destroyer in each and every every <laughs> villain. Every villain is yeah. a destroyer a in, in destroyer. worlds in some way. So this could have been anything. Well, especially for this one, and I know you're going to take us through the history, and I'll, I'll cover the synopsis of this specific one. And we might some of these things might be a little redundant, but it's just kind of drive home the fact that like this isn't just a show about a couple of villains and a couple of heroes, or like one hero and a, and a villain of the week. There are so many characters in in each episode, but also throughout the entire series. That for me not you know having revisited this in a while it was really tough to just be like who is on screen right now and where did these people come from because it's just constant it's a constant <laughs> parade and it's great it's just taxing of the mind and memory i, I def i definitely had to look up a lot of different character bios yeah. some of them i was proud of myself i was pretty spot on a couple of them i really had never heard of before in my entire life yeah there were some where i was just like oh that guy and i was like where the hell i kind of like had an aside with myself like where the hell did you pull that from because you haven't <laughs> read that or watched the cartoon in like 10 years oh god yeah so what's the history behind justice league unlimited the specific version 
So Justice League Unlimited is an American animated television series that was produced by Warner Brothers Animation and aired on Cartoon Network, featuring a wide array of superheroes from the DC comic universe and specifically based on the Justice League superhero team. It is a direct sequel to the previous Justice League animated series. JLU, which is commonly known as... That's how it's known on the street. On the streets. JLU debuted July 31st, 2004 on Toonami and ended with uh, an episode that aired, which we obviously watched, on May 13th, 2006. Mm -hmm. It was also a final series set for the long-running DC Animated Universe, which started with Batman, the animated series, back in 1992. Yeah, and I don't know how up-to-date that particular information is, because DCAU, as it's now known, you know, the the DC Animated Universe, as compared to, like, the Cinematic Universe... They've been cranking out features, animated features, year after year after year for the last, I don't know, at least four or five years, probably more. And and I have been watching them, and they are stellar. They're good. The only thing, and this is just a real brief aside, it feels like when we normally talk about cartoons that are rebooted or movies that pick up uh, a a franchise or a property, sometimes they tend to remake it back for fans of the age that was originally there. So if it's a kid's show, they'll make it again for kids. Right. This is one of those instances where it feel, I feel like DCAU has really taken, it stayed with its fans. So like if you grew up and you watched Batman the Animated Series and then you watched Justice League and continued with them, then obviously you've put a good 15, almost 20 years in and are now watching their animated properties, but they're more for like an adult audience. I mean, I watched, I can't remember which ones that I watched, the, the features that they had, but they're definitely for an older audience. I mean, right. the amount of like swearing that goes on and the, not just the violence, but like the, <laughs> the sexual nature of it, that they're not for kids. Like, I don't remember watching anything like that when I was a kid, you know, that my parents knew of anyway. So um, it's interesting that they've kind of gone in that direction. But this was a nice, very primary color, bold throwback to the <laughs> Justice League that I remember. Do you know what I mean? No, I know because I actually just recently watched Batman Superman Apocalypse. Okay. And that is... Very, there's very adult content that is in that. Yeah, and I don't know if they just decided that like they can get away with it because it's the feature thing, or if they just wanted to skew it towards an older audience, or because it right. was on like you know Saturday morning cartoons TV or kids TV, where they had to worry about more censors and stuff. They were just kind of doing their own thing. Uh, so it's just a different beast. But so Justice League Unlimited. So as Sean mentioned, this takes up soon after Justice League, the original series ended, and it features a greatly expanded league. And we're Ooh. talking, that's an understatement. Cool. So the characters of the original series, now referred to as quote-unquote founding members, are joined by many other superheroes from the DC Universe. In the very first episode of this new series, there's over 50 characters that appear. And I feel like this episode probably met that or exceeded it, because I couldn't even keep track of how many <laughs> there were. I, I would say it probably exceeded it, because I think they just pulled like everybody out of the woodwork that they could. Um, so a number of these heroes uh, had made guest appearances in Justice League, but many heroes and other characters made their first animated appearances in this particular series. So even if they just showed up for like one scene or literally just like walked across the hall of like the watchtower or were just like working at a console, like that was sometimes <laughs> their introduction. Uh, the general format of each episode is to have a small team assemble to deal with a particular situation with a focus on both action and then character interaction. And this these episodes that we watched today, specifically the last one, is like if you took all of the episodes that came before it and just put them together in a giant free-for-all, but still did it within you know, the 30 to 60 minute time frame. 
Right. That's kind of how this whole thing was like distilled. And honestly, it was a little shocking for me to just like turn this one on in the midst of all this after like, you know, 36, 37 episodes and then just boom, get hit with this just like, you know, walking through like a wall of cold water, just like all the crazy comic book stuff that was going on. But take me back to your, um, your reaction when you first started watching these episodes. You know, where were you coming from? You said you've been watching Young Justice. Like, how caught up with this particular series were you? I watched uh, all of Batman the Animated Series when it was on after school. Right. I began watching, you know, around the time that this came out, uh, I actually had access to be able to watch Toonami nice. um, when we were living in Pittsburgh. And so I, I remember watching a lot of just regular Justice League. And then uh, when Justice League Unlimited premiered, I was... I just continued to be a fan throughout. Uh, I was a giant fan of Batman Beyond and uh, just kind of carried that forward. And so when, they, when Netflix released Young Justice, I don't know how, again, I missed Young Justice, but when I, when I had an opportunity to see Young Justice, it just made sense. And then season two, which just came on Netflix, mm. is it really has that mature tone that we talked about that's in some of the, the actual movies that the DC animated universe has been pumping out. Like it just, it feels much, much more uh, massive in terms of what they're, they're pulling off. And they're in it so far, I think I'm three or four episodes in, they're just, they're doing just such a great job with it. It's amazing. That's cool. I mean, th- I don't think I ever watched young justice. Actually. I actually ended up going the other direction. I watched um, teen Titans for a while before it was teen Titans go. Right. And I really enjoyed that series. I tried watching that Teen Titans Go, and it's just, that's just not for me. That's more kind of like a bubblegum, kind of younger kid, zany, almost Looney Tunes style. But no, I never did watch Young Justice. I definitely watched Justice League, but I couldn't tell you like where the differentiation was between where Justice League ended and where Justice League Unlimited started. I could kind of <laughs> tell in some of like the, the animation, especially with, you know, like the Flying Legion of Doom and like the, the shots of the Watchtower that were more like, more CG animation than the traditional kind of hand-drawn stuff. But other than that, man, I couldn't really place it. I mean, the voices are, are great. It's got um, Kevin Conroy's Batman. Mm-hmm. I don't have the rest of them up in front of me, but it's basically all the voices that you're familiar with from the DC animated universe. So it's all kind of those, those staples, those originals, those kind of like foundation stones that you had listened to for 20 years. Uh, 10 at this point, but 20 years now. So right. it was cool. I could just kind of get right into it. Uh, and the theme song definitely helped. So <laughs> it was not the theme song that I had in my head, right? Okay. The one I had what in my were you, head. What were you thinking? The one was, it was kind of the same tune, but it was the one from Justice League. So it was the one that was a little more like okay. orchestral, a little less rock. You know, they had okay. a, little, a little more of just the, the big fanfare and the big brass and kind of like the big James Horner kind of sound to it. And then this one, I think, kind of has a similar theme, but it, it's got a lot more like that rock guitar kind of thing to it. And it's, yeah. it's quote unquote edgier. Uh, because so it was good. the 2000s. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was good, though. It was definitely a good, like, energetic tune to get you in the mood to watching the show. What was right. your take it's, on it? Again, it, it, I, I, don't really, I don't think I have anything additional to offer other than saying the second it came on, I remembered it right away. Yeah. Got very pumped up. <laughs> I, love, I love just, you know, it's, it's quick. It's to the point. You see the heroes. You recognize a bunch of them couple that you don't right but at the same time that's what a lot of justice league unlimited was was sort of you know acting as a way to be able to introduce you to some of these lesser known characters that were in the league and sort of see a little bit about their stories yeah the funniest thing is that you see 
way more heroes and villains in every single episode than you ever do of just like general humanity. Like there's there's almost like no humans just wandering around waiting to be saved. It's all this like <laughs> super high level crazy threats that like only a team of the most powerful superheroes can take on every single episode. And these episodes, which we're going to talk about in a second, are like the culmination of that, the, the kind of the climax of that. I think it was a perfect way for this particular series to kind of end because, you know, you get in the, in the Dragon Ball Z problem where, or any kind of like Oof. anime problem where, where you have like... It just doesn't stop. I know, it never stops. And you get to the point where you're like, well, okay, they blew up this planet. So now we have to hold like a tournament in space on a different planet. And then it's like systems become threatened and then like the universe is threatened and you just, you can only escalate so far. So for things like this, while you still have to keep grounded characters like Batman and a lot of the other characters that come in and out of this thing, you, you do have that leeway to really open it up for these big bad villains that, as we get to see, really only Superman is capable of, of taking on in spectacular fashion. Um, yeah. So you ready to dig into tonight's episodes? Yeah, let's get into these guys. Cool. Do you, how, how much time do you want to spend on Alive, which is the first part of the two-part finale for uh, Justice League Unlimited? It does set up a lot of what happens in the second episode, the closer. And there's some interesting things I think we should, we should probably talk about. but. It's not really a need to know. Sean before yeah, this was just think... like, dude, I'll just tell you what happens and like we can just move on. I was like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking watch it because I want to no, know. No. But you, you easily could have just been like, okay, here is 30 seconds. What happens? And it would have packed it all it's, up. No, I mean, it's definitely great to watch it. I, yeah. don't, I definitely don't want to take that away from you. Yeah. The, the conflict that really arises in the episode Alive it happens very quickly. It seems like it is sort of one giant battle and very little exposition. But that's also pretty much a way that you could sum up Destroyer as well. Both of these episodes are, we have some things, we have a quick nugget of things that are happening, and then we are going to have a lot of fight sequences because we have 50 different characters that we need to pair with people right. and a lot of fists to be thrown. Well, see, now, what I, what I really liked about Alive is that 99% of it focused on the villains and the Legion of Doom. So, right. I mean, to the point that, like, if, if we were to just watch the Justice League and their 50-plus characters, I'd probably be able to name about half of them and recognize okay. probably three-quarters of them but not be able to name them. With Legion of Doom, I was just like, you could have just drawn these people on the spot and I would have been like, yeah, totally a character. I would have no idea because <laughs> there were so many just like random, <laughs> random looking characters that they just, they look like they came out of nowhere. Like I, I wasn't as familiar with them because you don't, they don't really, you don't spend that much time in the comics and the cartoons of really getting to know the villains. They show up for an episode, they get beat and they get tossed. Right. So it was interesting to see them all kind of temporarily working together and then fighting against each other for the majority of the episode. It was fun. I just didn't know what the hell was going on. Right. Yeah. You, you think of all these classic team-ups that you have of villains like Sinister Six, right. uh, you know, Hellfire Club, and... and or even Legion of Doom, just not yeah, on this scale. Right. This, this seemed like it was Legion of Zoom. Or, yeah, Legion of Zoom? Oof. Uh, yeah. Legion of Doom <laughs> cubed. There are just such a high number of, of things that were going on, and I mean, I, I could not, I couldn't remember Atomic Skull. I couldn't for the life of me. I was just like, it's DC's Ghost Rider, but I couldn't remember who, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> who, what his name was. And I love his voice in this one. It's so, he's so like polite yeah. and just like well-spoken. <laughs> he's like, excuse me, Lex. But he's like this huge dude with a green glowing skull. Some weird choices, but they have fun with it. That's what I, another thing I like about uh, D- 
DC animated universe, they do have a lot of fun with it. Like Toy Man gets a lot of cool scenes and he's kind of like, he's basically <laughs> just... like a ventriloquist dummy walking around and he's creepy as all fuck, but uh, he gets some cool scenes. Yeah. You know, like Killer Frost. I mean, honestly, you could just go down the, the list of pretty much every major DC villain and then a lot of minor ones and you'd probably tick off a lot of the ones that were in this, sh- in this show. Well, it seems like the, the big conflict that we had that was in this was between Gorilla Grodd, right. who had been captured by Lex Luthor. And Luthor was on the, the quest to be able to find some parts or some pieces, some cosmic dust that was left right. of Brainiac in order to reassemble him and then fuse with him again because one of the bigger storylines that they've had in this has been uh, nanotechnology taking hold of Lex Luthor and him bond, like Luthor and Brainiac combining together. And they, you know, I know we mentioned Dragon Ball Z, but they kind of end up looking sort of like a Dragon Ball Z character. (laughs) They do, they just did a little fusion dance and (laughs) and then they bought the earrings. It's, so it's his quest, you know, again, at at unrelenting power. And he wants to effectively be a god. He feels yeah. that fusing with Brainiac again will allow him to become a god. And the interesting thing here, again, is that he had that once. So right. it's now like kind of an addiction. Like he knows it exists. He knows what he's capable of when he has it. And he can't take that step back, especially right. considering like not only all the, the viper nests that surround him, but in order to take on the Justice League as well. Um, so there's this cool, it, it's interesting to watch Justice League and how they operate as a team. Obviously there's some de facto leaders and different leaders lead different teams on different episodes, but they have function as a team. And with the Legion of Doom, it's everything, just lo- whatever Luther says Ooh. goes. And if you don't like it, like our friend Goldface. Goldface. <laughs> <laughs> what a name for a character. That was one Which that I was power? just like, you could have just, face. yeah, I got a gold face. You could have just drawn him on the spot and I would have been like, yeah, that's fine. Probably a oh, thing. God. Gold face. I uh, really want to say Lex is a terrible leader. Absolutely. But he's, he he's is, incredible he's, as far as super villainy goes. Right. He is, it's weird that he's like a Superman nemesis, but he's basically like the evil Batman because he has a contingency yeah, I was plan. I just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to take the words out of your mouth, but like that was striking. No, no, because, that's perfect. Yeah. He has that contingency plan for every single villain in his, in his cadre. Like, Anybody like, oh, if you got a gold face, I've got like this thing that'll melt your gold face. Uh, <laughs> I'm a smelt your face. I'm a smelt your face into an uglier face. Um, <laughs> he's got a gadget or a contingency plan for everything. And even when it comes to like his romantic relationships, which I knew nothing about, um, he's probably just using you for as means to his end, which is exactly what happens. Which is exactly. Did you catch, this the, is a... did you catch the sexy sacks? Real quick, between um, Tala, who I've never heard of in my life, and Gorilla okay. Grodd. Did you catch no, Sexy Sex? Uh, well, when she's like coyly playing with his chest. Yeah. And, and he's in the he's cage. he's imprisoned yeah. in the cage, and she's like trying to re, uh, reunite with him because she doesn't trust Lex being in charge, basically. Um, the one yeah. thing I could say to Lex is maybe, maybe find a woman that you, know, you can really settle down with because it's Mercy Graves, like, man. Mercy yeah. Graves. <laughs> Where is she? She's probably dead. She's probably dead. Yeah. She's she's just a human. She's not like tough enough to live in this. Because <laughs> you have to think in this is this instance, uh, Tala, she was a she was a, you know, like a she was being manipulated, yeah. um, you know, to do exactly what he wanted, whether she knew it or not. And right. so the fact that she ends up letting Grodd out 
to lead or spearhead this this small revolt against Luther uh, really just sort of creates this insane bit on uh, the ship that they're on, create, uh, this, this crazy calamity where you have 30 different supervillains yeah. who are all fighting each other. And again, like Dave had mentioned, I have no idea who some of these were, and some of them got crazy amounts of screen time, which was extremely enjoyable because they have to. They have to give them that screen time because you have no idea what's going on no, in this No, it's moment. just constant, too. It's just flashes of color. I would love to sit down and watch this one with our, our friends Evan Valentine, who's been on the show before, and uh, our buddy of ours in Pittsburgh, Andy Rutt, because I could just see them both like just big kids anytime an obscure villain or hero pops up and does something related to his character, they would just like giggle and just have a fit because <laughs> that's what it was there for. It was great fan service for people who had been paying attention to the comic books for years or people who had been watching the show, you know, religiously, just great fan service moments to see all these characters on, on the screen because it's animation. There's no reason not to, you just have to have people who can animate them, maybe voice them if they have a, a you know, a line or two, there's no reason you can't do that. You don't have to worry about, hire you know casting the right person and working out the schedules and paying you know 60 70 people to be on screen you can just draw them do whatever you want it's great <laughs> but yeah so the main conflict is it, lex is looking for brainiac so he just basically turns the legion of doom into a rocket ship and it flies out of the swamp and into space and then they have and then he proceeds revolt. to scream at everybody for five minutes about oh how God. they're welding certain how to, <laughs> how to weld <laughs> Metal structure, radiation shielding, all kinds of random stuff. He's a dick, and his his character comes across as being a dick, but he also knows exactly what he wants, so it's kind of like you, you don't have to respect him, but you can respect his kind of authority for getting this stuff done in the way that he wants it done. It definitely right. backfires, um, but not in the way you might expect. So, yeah, so Grodd's free. He starts his kind of revolt against uh, you know the captain of the ship kind of thing, and it's looking like Grodd and his ilk are going to get the upper hand until Lex, you know, triggers one of his contingency things, which, what was it, Grodd trying to do, like, the mind, mind so control? So Grodd is attempting to do the mind control, yeah. and the second he does it, uh, Lex hits this, this button on, on his belt, and it, I guess it, it reflects? Yeah, it just bounced it back on Grodd, so now, like, Lex is in control of Grodd. Right. So that and we, that actually took a really, yeah, really kind of a crazy we, turn. We never come back to this. We'll get to this in a second, but like, this never comes back. It's never resolved. <laughs> Not that Presum I saw. Presumably, somebody just got murdered. Here's a question, biology. Can gorillas live in the vacuum of space? As a primate researcher and specialist, mm -hmm. no. No, they cannot. No, they cannot. You've sent numerous even, gorillas into space. Even None of them have come back. I'm still waiting. Yeah. We're so in Gorilla lands in your backyard. Please contact Saturday Morning Cartoons. <laughs> First animal control. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out, uh, I'm going to also assert yeah. this line of, of questioning. Can super intelligent gorillas that are flung out of a spaceship that is presumably traveling at warp speed. Still delivering a monologue while in the vacuum of space. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Can they? Can they survive. I feel like it's worse space. for them because they know that they can't. So they know what's Ooh. coming. Yeah, so there's this messed up sequence where Lex turns the tables on Grodd. He is now controlling Grodd's 
mind, he's suggesting things and, and Grodd has to follow. So like if he says step to your left, then Grodd has to step to his left. He basically makes him walk out of an airlock and uh, even taunts him on the way out. And the, which are some of the best taunts. There were such great lines say, in here. To say to, some, to say to somebody, this really, could have, this really could have gone either way. To which Grodd responds, it could have, couldn't it? it and then Luther just goes, no. Boop, but let's just, just not. <laughs> no, yeah, he goes, no, but let's not speak ill of the dead. Oh, right. And then hits and then doesn't press the button on the airlock, punches the control he panel. punches that button. Punches it. Which I would have thought, like I would have thought like when I'm punching something mm-hmm. that I maybe wouldn't I I wouldn't I would just press the button as a regular human because if I punched it then there was the potential that like you could have just broken the device. Yeah, but it's like one of those things where it's like I don't punch my phone every time I want to turn it off, like after I'm done with a call. To. But I fucking wanted to. So yeah. it's like the old fashioned receivers that you can slam down and not hurt because <laughs> these things are made out of like you know pre-21st century steel so you're not gonna hurt it <laughs> but it was just that satisfying clunk on the receiver right you don't get that anymore you just yeah you can push a touch screen button and it's no wonder people are pent up you, with rage you do like the like the smartphone shake where like you hold it in your hand and you're you just, like Aah! just squeeze it squeeze its carbon fiber shell and it doesn't <laughs> budge an inch oh this fucking gorilla glass i know right it survives sure, space yeah. yeah, so Gorilla Grodd's straight up dead. He calls Lex Luthor like some kind of pink hole human or something weird. Yeah. And that was strange for me. Sick, I, was like, I don't want to think about his pink hole. Yeah, right. Sick burn. Sick Gorilla burn, Gorilla Grodd. Sucked out into space. I thought we were going to see him like clinging to the outside of the ship and like getting <laughs> his way back in, doing gorilla stuff. No. Nope. He's gone. He's super dead. For super. multiple reasons, not just because vacuum of space, but because eventually, uh, once Luthor regains control and through the use of his like lover who he basically like executes as a, as a sacrifice. Cause she's kind of channeling this weird mystic energy, whatever. Um, he's trying to revive Brainiac, but who does he revive instead? Oh, not Brainiac. It is dark side. Dark side. I didn't know he was dead to be honest with you at this point. I was just like, Oh, it's dark side. And he's, and everybody's like, um, he shouldn't be here. I mean, tr- truthfully, yeah. you know, if, if you watch some of the later, I know that we mentioned about the the movies that they have, but they have one called Apocalypse. And at that point, you find out something that uh, Darkseid is not attacking Earth anymore because of some treaty that they yeah, set up. Yeah, with his, with his dad kind of thing. like high, no, Not right. his dad, High Father. I can't yeah, remember if that was his dad or if he was just like the, the uh, de facto ruler of whatever that group was. That's where I started to like get away from the comic stuff. Once it started to get into like the, the outer space kind of stuff... Uh, Apocalypse is cool, not to be confused with Marvel's Apocalypse or, or X-Men, spelled very Greek-looking. Um, yes. So Apocalypse is like this hell planet, basically, that Darkseid is more or less like the warlord of, if you're not familiar with, some, with it. Uh, with some amazing characters that oh, are yeah. on, like Granny Goodness She's and great. Furies. So we have all these, like this really fun lore that is, is set up within this, this universe. So, uh, but, but going back to this, yep. they suck up all this space dust. And they reconstitute Darkseid, and he is less than thrilled. He is. He's still got his uh, his swagger. Uh, he <laughs> he's not still pleased. knows how to make an entrance and an exit. Definitely an entrance. He's he gets a couple one liners. Uh, he basically says something to the effect of like, "Did you write? Did you write this down? Actually, no, I did not." Uh, he basically says something to the effect of like, um, "You know, I'd like to thank you for resurrecting me. It was unexpected." 
but in, as your reward, I will grant you a quick death. And then he just blows up the entire spaceship. It's just a wide shot, and you just see it explode. You're just like, well, the entire Legion of Doom is now dead. And any hope of Gorilla Grodd being rescued is gone. I picture that poor monkey clinging to the outside of like a vent and just, just getting that last screw out on the vent cover and pulling oh, himself in, no. and then just vaporized. And that's mm. more, is that more or less where that, oh no, now we go back to, to Earth in the last like 30 seconds of this one. Right. And this is, this is where we have, you, you kind of, and we'll explain. Oh, I'm sorry. Do, do you want to, you were talking about Apocalypse. Do you want to take a side trip to Apocalypse? Because he oh. has a kind of a cool scene there. Well, he, he gets, he kind of makes a, a grand entrance. You have some warring factions right. that are on Apocalypse that are vying to gain control at this point. Apocalypse, as this battle has just begun, crashes down in the middle of it. Yeah, Darkseid just like. Darkseid is just like, no. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't even say a word. He just like steps up in the middle of this battlefield and literally everybody on the field stops and they just like bow to the ground. Bow down. I was like, that's pretty badass. Wow. That's pretty badass. And then he's like, let's stop this fighting. <laughs> and they're like, great, we thought you were gone. He's like, I was close. And then you quickly have this moment where it cut. I mean, was there anything else that happened on Apocalypse that was... He, he kind of sets up, he's like, in the next episode, we will take the battle to Earth so I can finally right. de- destroy Superman. And then somebody, one of his lieutenants or whatever says, like, won't that screw up the arrangement with High Father? And in, in, I forget where they are, where their headquarters is. In some, something, something. And he's like, where do you think we're headed next? And they, right. It, oh, I New Genesis. New Genesis. Oh, right, right. So they never showed that though, right? They just went straight to Earth. So he's saying Earth and then New Genesis. Right. Oh, okay. All right. Order of Operations for Domination, right. Earth, Get resurrected. New Genesis, <laughs> Killing High Father. Got it. Nailed it. So, but first and foremost, we're going to take care of this super guy. Yeah. We're going to take care of this Superman. This S guy. This S bro. So, so that's, a, that's a great way to, A, reintroduce Darkseid. Show him in the middle of this hellscape planet where there's two incredibly powerful warring factions. He shows up and that instantly shuts everything down. You have to respect a leader of basically nightmare planet that is powerful <laughs> enough to just like make all the nightmare people calm the fuck down. I love that about him that he's just like, it's almost like I wouldn't mind terribly if he was here. Cause at least we would know what to expect. Uh, death, torture and fire. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so at this point, you know, dark side's coming. Justice league doesn't know this yet. This is the, the one time in this episode that we actually see the justice league. So they're kind of right. just like hanging out back on earth. And well, the Justice, the Justice League, as you're about to say, they're yeah. going to get a little bit of a, they're going to get a little bit of warning, but from an unexpected messenger. Unexpected guests. They basically like uh, somebody rings the doorbell more or less, and they open it, and it's <laughs> Luther and like the entire Legion of Doom standing there, and he's like, "We have a problem," and it's just like, <laughs> "Wait a minute." So then, now we can get into the series finale, which is Destroyer. Right. And this one basically opens up with explaining how all these idiots survive getting blown up in the vacuum of space. Because I, I don't know if we were crystal clear on this point. When Darkseid decides to go back to Apocalypse, he explodes the ship that all of the Legion of Doom is, is in. So again, if you thought that Gorilla Grodd was, if there was any semblance yep. of those, those little simian paws on. holding on, like... No more. He might have been, but he is not anymore. 
because oh, I guess it was, uh, it was Sinestro first. They kind of put him in his little yellow bubble. Yeah. And uh, basically protected them all from the explosion and transported them sort of <laughs> through space, but not Grodd, apparently. Which, um, th- this might be one of my favorite parts about this show, is that something will happen, mm-hmm. and you will think to yourself, oh, those people are all dead. Yeah. And then the immediate next episode begins with the exposition of how they survive. How these people are still alive. Actually, that, that takes me back to a second um, a question in the previous episode. So because we have this schism between Lex's people and Grodd's people, there's a moment where Lex wins and he's looking at all his captors of the rebels and he's like, give me one good reason it. why I, I should this. let any of you live. And who steps forward? Killer Frost. And what does she do? She just freezes all of <laughs> Grodd's minions. Yeah. Just with one wave of her arm, yep. she just icicles everybody. So she had been ag- zero care. She had been against Lex, aligned with Grodd, and then steps forward and just ices all these bitches. And is just like, and he looks at her and he's like, "Killer Frost, you've got, you know, you've got potential." And then we, I don't know if we see them ever again or not. I don't remember who was in that group, so I don't remember if they survived to arrive on Earth or if she literally just like murdered about twelve of those villains. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm gonna, know. I'm gonna assume that, yeah. I'm gonna assume I, I murder. Think, I don't think you see all of them. Yeah, I don't think so. There, which explains there why is... they would thin the herd out a little bit once they get back to Earth. But right. Well, we we should mention, and this is this is something that's going to be very very important as we begin to talk about Destroyer yeah. that we we have neglected to talk about in Alive. No, what's up? There is a character. That appears seemingly only ah, Lex yes. Luthor can view, named Metron. Yeah. And, and at first, m- I wasn't sure if he was like one of the the time cop right. kind of things or what he yeah. was. You're not really sure exactly what's going on or what what his deal is. He's but... one of many characters in a floating throne in space. That seems <laughs> right. to be like a very popular motif. Yeah. So he he shows up and makes. Uh, makes a plea, mm-hmm. I'll say, to Luther as, uh, the mo- in the moments before he is collecting all this, this space dust to reassemble Brainiac, and he, he said, kind of a foreboding warning, mm-hmm. just saying, seriously, maybe reconsider your actions on this because it's not going to go the way that you want. And yeah, he, and, cool. Right, and so it, they, they existed in that moment in the, the time between seconds Luther makes his choice and says, no, I'm doing this. Yeah. And then cut back to present he's day. He's basically like, all right, like, are you done? Do you say everything you have to say? Because I'm yeah. just going to keep going. And that's how, a, long did you, uh, how long did you rehearse this, uh, this little speech in yeah. front of the mirror before you, you had, came to talk to Lex Luther? <laughs> you had all these ticks between seconds. That's the best you got. Yeah, really. But yeah, it's, Sean brings up a good point because uh, this Metron character does play a significant role uh, in the end of this episode, Destroyer. But uh, yeah, so again, back to how the Legion of Doom minus Grodd, potentially minus all the people that were frozen by Killer Frost, they survive because Sinestro puts them in a bubble. And then there's like a friendly nearby resident of New Genesis. Was he just like a guy from New Genesis that had powers or was he an actual like hero named hero? Uh, it, they're, they're called Light Ray or it was uh, Light Ray. Was that his actual name or is he like almost like a Green Lantern kind of thing? I don't, I, I, I'm, presumably he is, he is an actual human. He, I think he's a new god. Oh, okay. So one of the, I think he's one of the, Metron, the new gods. I think, created them, but 
Uh, I just assumed he was some sort of like space cop that was in that vicinity, just, and just it's just a re- just say what it is, Dave. It's a redheaded guy that shows up yeah. that offers them help, and yeah. they shoot him immediately <laughs> in the back. Straight shoot him in the back. They straight shoot him in the back. Gratefully, straight shoot him in the back. Uh, and then somehow they just get back to Earth. <laughs> so whatever, it doesn't matter. They're like, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time in this exposition because we got a lot of crazy shit coming. And it's pretty much as soon as they show up that. So Lex shows up, tells him what happened, and he is still obsessed with this, the idea that Darkseid took the potential of Lex reuniting with Brainiac off the table. So he's like, Darkseid destroyed Brainiac, I want to get my revenge. And Superman and everybody else are like, hold on, Darkseid's alive and he's coming here? Like, maybe we should worry about that. And while right. we're worrying about that, let's put all you crazy villains in the prison. Yeah. So like Superman, Which... Wonder Woman are like, put him in the prison. And Batman actually, surprisingly, has a different idea. He says to everybody, we're going to need as many bodies as we can throw at this. Yeah. Because if we have all of these invaders who are, are showing up now, we need some way to be able to handle, handle all of this. And the interesting thing was it was only Darkseid's army. It wasn't like his lieutenants. It was all just parademons. So there were no names, right. which is strange. I don't know if they were mustering for like... Um, for new Genesis, or if it was just something they didn't consider, or they didn't want to up the power levels that much with, like, you know, the Caliban and the. Um, well, is, are you trying that? to say that there's like a restriction on the boom tubes about what power levels can come? I through? don't know, man. I don't know what it I was, don't know but either. They didn't, they didn't draw them. It was basically this whole thing was like a a showdown between Superman and Darkseid, ultimately. Now, right. Saying that, there's also like a hundred other characters on screen, but the ultimate showdown was between Superman and Darkseid. Well, so, yeah. Well, in in addition to Batman saying, you know, look, if we're going to have such a massive battle, right. we need all the bodies that we can throw at this. Superman has one of the whiniest lines in this episode. He, he could whine as much just, as he wants in this episode where, because he <laughs> redeems the fuck out of himself by the end of the episode. Sure, but go ahead. Sure. But he has this line where he just goes, "It's Lex freaking Luther." Oh, he does. Yeah. <laughs> like, he kind of he says it at oh, Kevin Conroy. And, yeah. You don't growl at <laughs> Kevin Conroy. Lex freaking Luther. I can't do it now. <laughs> well, neither could Superman. Work. Yeah, right. It was very whiny. <laughs> Batman should have just like backhanded him. But no, Batman, voice of reason at this point. You know, the, the villains want to fight. They make the case. A lot of the other villains, I think DC's Ghost Rider, makes the case that, you know, this is our Earth too, so we want to protect it. What was his name again? Skullface? Ato- atomic Skull. Atomic Skull. Why not? Doesn't yeah. he, can't he like absorb radiation almost like I, thought, uh, I believe so yeah yeah but he didn't fuck well whatever that's besides he the point. didn't fuck he didn't what? fuck he might have him and hot okay. girl i don't know what they were doing Ooh. later on um let's so you you mentioned a character that's in this that they are going to be fighting against that are coming in in droves at this point yes and these are parademons parademons these parademons <laughs> reminded me of flying monkeys and i no i well, i know you're going to get this reference and i'm sure most listeners will as well. They look like roided up and feral versions of the monarch's henchmen from the Venture Brothers. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's pretty much what you they tracking were. on this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you if you actually put those guys through like a super soldier program that went <laughs> wrong and turned them into like weird insect beasts, then yeah, it's exactly Oof. what they are. And there's a shitload of them too. But that's basically what it is. So it's like these, they're like the faceless fodder that can just be basically destroyed by the combination of Earth's heroes and villains fighting on the same side. 
Now, I love the attention to detail on this one, though, because first you've got the team that's kind of split up. So you've got, you've got Watchtower, which is the Justice League kind of orbiting ship in space that watches right. for threats before they get to Earth. And then you've got Metro Tower, which is down in Metropolis, which is the land-based um, headquarters for Justice League. So you've got part of the team there, but a majority of the team up in space. And that's where Mr. Terrific, who's manning the controls at this point, um, he spots all these boom tubes coming into Earth, like dozens of them all over the world, all over different countries, everywhere. The, the geography, except for a couple of scenes, kind of you didn't really get the feel that it was all over the place. I actually um, have a list of a lot of the places. All the, all the countries that popped up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have Metropolis, mm-hmm. Washington, D.C., Paris, Great Wall of China, Rome, Tokyo, Cairo, London, Venice, and then there are two that are kind of unknown. So like Australia, Africa, South America, you guys are, you guys are in pretty decent shape. Yeah, don't worry. You're fine. We'll take care of this. <laughs> Keep calm, carry on. And that fictional city of Metropolis is totally fine too because it doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> So that, that was interesting. They do kind of like lay some groundwork like, look, this is a worldwide crazy thing that's going on. We need all these different teams. They just never had anything in the animation that was like, you know, the Eiffel Tower blowing up or like the pyramids of Egypt, anything like that. But that's, that's just like a very minor side point. What's, what was interesting was the Watchtower had to just start teleporting just random ass heroes wherever they could as soon as they could and just start like beaming people down to random places. So then Wonder Woman says, look, if we're going to be fighting with these villains, then you need to assign each one of them in a team of two team leaders. So it's basically like two decent heroes that they each trust each other with one villain that they don't trust so that they make sure that they don't get murdered by their own you know, teammate while they're trying to take down these parademons. I thought that was a really nice touch and actually just like a really smart way to set up interesting teams like Superman, Batman, and Lex Luthor. Right. One of the most interesting teams ever, I'd say. Yeah, we definitely had a large number of just cool villains that are, are paired up with cool heroes. Oh, and, yeah. You know, it's just you, chaos, though, that, uh, that unfolds, man. And, and what's that? Like, uh, the enemy, enemy and my enemy is, a fr- is my friend. Yeah. You know, which is, I guess, how this kind of all comes together. Yeah, and I mean, Luther isn't shy about it. He says, look, you're helping me get revenge on Darkseid for killing Brainiac. And Superman's just kind of like, okay, whatever. You need to tell yourself if that's, if that's what's going to happen. So you get these weird pairings. Like, what's, what's the guy, the, the knight? Um, like oh, the, Shining Knight. Shining Knight. So, you've got, like, so we get on the Great Wall of China. We have Wonder Woman, yeah. Shining Knight. We have Vigilante and uh, Star Sapphire. Right. And then they end up getting joined randomly by Martian Manhunter. Yeah, who's just like an, old, an man old man with his old wife <laughs> just walking the Great Wall of China and he just like says to his wife, he's, there's parademons and shit flying around the sky, stuff's blowing up. He's like, I should probably go help. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? I thought he was going to be like um, Shazam or something. I thought he was going to Shazam well. himself. Yeah. But no, it was Martian Manhunter, which was a yeah. nice little reveal because I guess he hadn't been there for a while. Well, so Martian Manhunter at a point has a... He has the desire, as a very quick sidebar, okay. has the desire to be more human in order to relate and understand humanity more. And so he descends into the population Jesus in order to, to integrate and, and really kind of find himself and understand more about humanity. And he ends up with a wife and, you know, he ends up living, you know, a very happy, you know, existence with this, this, this woman. And it's, you know, only when these things, only in the darkest hour does sure. he finally decide now I'm back. No, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I mean, I kind of you can kind of see that between the lines, but I didn't spend too many brain cells just trying to like figure out like 
why he showed up all of a sudden. I was just like, oh, that's kind of cool. And again, as a, I've watched a stupid amount of. No, that's good. Just it's just been so long since I watched you. this. I was like, was he like, did they think he was dead? Did he go back? Was he fighting like white Martians or something? Was he on Supergirl the whole time? I don't know. Um, it's a, I actually like his character on Supergirl. It's probably one of the, the better parts of it when they use it. Very cool. Yeah. You know, we also so, mentioned Killer Frost. I believe she's going to be on The Flash. Yeah, I think by the time you guys actually hear this episode, she will have already showed up. But, yeah, uh, very pumped about that. Yeah, so that was great, wasn't it? When she was Killer Flash, wasn't that so cool? So sweet. Uh, so look, frosty cool. Did you say Killer Flash? Killer Flash? I might have. <laughs> I might have said Killer Flash. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Dead babies, Killer Flash. So <laughs> we've now got teams of villains, a lot of random ones that I've never seen, like DC Ghost Rider teaming up with heroes all over the world because they've basically got these things. Oh, I wrote down what they were called. I think they called them magma tappers. Uh, right? Are we yeah, there yet? I believe so. They were the, yeah, they were at the point where they, they realized that they are trying to create apocalypse on Earth. Yeah, so they've got these like giant drilling machines that they, their design was really strange, but they're basically like the things you saw in Man of Steel. They're almost like the world engines where they... They drill down into the earth. They are supposed to tap into the magma and then create what are called fire pits. And then, yeah, basically right. make apocalypse on earth. So we should probably go through this. Let's go through these side things here about like how the teams are, are taking these on. There's not much more to it, to be honest with you. There's just kind of a, a, a few cool moments with the teams before we get to the main battle between Superman's team and Darkseid. Let's save that right. for last. So sure. we've got these drilling rigs that are all across the world different teams of heroes are taking them down. I remember one specifically with Hawk Girl, uh, Atomic Skull, and then some guy that was like DC His Captain name is America. Commander Steel. Yeah, DC Captain yeah. America is what I'm going right. to call him. Um, Which that was one of the more I know we've talked a lot in this episode about tone and the tone that kind of continues forward yeah. in the DC animated universe. This sequence where Hawk Girl gets a spear in the back well and she's she says so she's gonna take care of this machine first right and she's got her like right. her thanagarian mace whatever and she's like just she says to atomic skull watch my back she Which actually says like, watch my I, backside and i was like i, I will was, do that all day i long. was do that i have such a hot girl crush <laughs> her unashamed he might have actually just been doing it and that's why i wasn't paying attention because <laughs> she goes to destroy this thing and she gets a spear like through her wing yeah. And it, was, it looked pretty nasty. And then she turns around and that dude is nowhere to be seen. It's just a bunch of parademons closing in. Right. So then it's basically what Commander Steel, you said? So Commander Steel picks up uh, his... Captain America's shield. Captain America's shield. And he throws it. And they, the way that they have this shot composed, you see the parademon moving closer. And you see the Captain America's shield kind of on the same parallel as his neck. Yeah as the parademon's neck and then suddenly you see the shield slam into the side of this this drilling device yeah. and and you kind of hear like a body drop i didn't and hear that the way, but yeah. the way that they have the shot then composed is in the very bottom left of it you have a head that you don't see attached to anything oh, but it's a par it's that. a parademon and then in the 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 background uh, just like a small distance, you have Hawk Girl kind of holding her her wing and pulling the spear out. That's interesting. And See, so, I was just watching Hawk Girl's backside, so I missed all that. Fair enough. Yeah, she told me. To. I mean, I've, I've watched the episode twice now, so I, oh, I no, watched it cool. once. I watched it once for backside, and then I watched it the second time 
for more backside. I watched the 100% backside cut where it was just all backsides <laughs> the entire time. It's a rare version, but if you can find it, it's worthwhile. <laughs> so that moment was, yes, and I don't mind that kind of darker tone for this version of the animated universe because it's sort of like, look, this is world-ending stuff, so we're going to kill these basically faceless insect creatures that nobody really cares about. That's fine. What was more perilous for me was that Hot Girl looked like she was not only about to die, but when she actually had her heroic moment where she does take down this machine, it looked like that basically killed her too. Because she strikes this thing, it sends like all the energy into her and just sends her for a loop. Which, at this point, A, I thought she was dead, but then B, like Atomic Skull just like comes out of nowhere and scoops her up like, oh, hey bitch, sorry, I wasn't paying attention, but we're all cool now. <laughs> like, what was that about? Yeah, I don't understand why, and you know, this is obviously, it's a part I mean, this is the way that they're showing sort of the bonding and the unity between these teams as they're fighting. Right. And, and truthfully, Atomic Skull has a lot of screen time in yeah. both of these episodes, and they, they kind of really get into him. I, I don't, I'm kind of curious to go back and watch some more and see if Skull happens to, to get more time, if they kind of really deep in, you know, dive deep into to a little bit of him. But it's, it's that moment where they're just like, hey, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to scoop you up. Let's get you out of here. At the same time, I don't understand why Hawkgirl did not charge her mace and then just throw it at the target. Oh, I thought you meant at his skull face. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I mean, yes. Well, she, if I remember correctly from her run-ins in, in the animated series, she was never sort of the strategic type. She was always kind of the run-in and smash stuff with this mace type. That is correct. So I think that just kind of like is her style. So Just, that, just brash. Yeah, very brash. Good backside. I like it. Mm. Uh, plus four to backside on her collector's card if you got it actually. So, so they like <laughs> she dive, has a, yeah. eleven twelve or a, a level twelfth backside. Yeah, that's the best you can get. So they've or got twelfth level backside, <laughs> as we're going to talk about in a moment. Oh yeah, twelfth level backside. Yeah, all all things are level are backside. Twelve plus twelfth level. It's twelfth or twelfth plus. So those guys dive in a trench, which apparently they're super fine. So there's another one of these machines that I don't know where Flash and Green Lantern and Giganta were. Oh, uh, they point. were in Paris. They were in Paris. Probably an yeah. Exo Eiffel Tower, which I said did not exist, but it was probably right there. Yeah, um, well, that's uh, because Giganta I like I might have missed something. Gr- uh, grows, so, and then she swipes those parademons off of the tower. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There were like some small cues. I've also, it, it, like you said, there is so much yeah. stuff that is happening in this episode, and it is happening very, very quickly. Uh, I had to go back and actually do a little research and check out some wikis just to make sure that I, I knew all of this stuff. Yeah, so exactly. It, it, just, it took some time. I mean, I'm glad that I've watched it now twice and, and have done a little bit of research. But for anybody watching the first time, you're just like, this is fun stuff. This is enjoyable. This is pretty cool to watch. Yeah. Like, I'm just on board with whatever's happening. And then right just now. like catch your breath and then go back and look and find out what actually happened because it's all just crazy. <laughs> yeah, but they, right? have, they have kind of this fun thing. Like Giganta doesn't really do a whole lot. I thought they could have used her in this situation, but they really didn't. It's basically just like Flash and Green Lantern working together. Right. And they, long story short, they just like catapult this thing. They try to send it into space, but Green Lantern doesn't quite have the oomph, which I thought they could have used Giganta <laughs> to just like stomp on the other end of this yeah. catapult, right? Like she's right there. Um, so they try to launch this machine into space, but it ends up just smashing into one of Darkseid's ships anyway. So that thing blows up and everything's peachy. <laughs> I think there was only one other moment that I remember that, that really like caught my attention. I thought was funny. There's a moment where Toy Man is by himself in the middle of the street and he's surrounded by a ring of parademons that are all closing in on him. Yeah. And he just like looks at each one in turn and he fires this little like Nerf gun 
at him. So it just sends like this little dart thing and nothing happens. And then a few seconds later, he's just like smiling and then all of them blow up in succession. He just has these great little funny moments for a little psychopath that he is. Were there any other moments where they were taking out these machines that stand out to you? Um, no, I don't think so. There was some interesting uh, moments where people are getting ready okay. to fight. Powering up. We have, uh, we have uh, what was it, Ice, uh, who is in oh, like, yeah. out, like next to a pool, and she solidifies herself in a block of ice and then breaks out yeah. and then assumingly goes nowhere. Do you know who the chick <laughs> was in the pool, though? Um, I was not able to figure that out. Because at first she was dressed almost like the current um, Star Sapphire is, but different coloration. It was like a green. And I don't know if they were supposed to be like in a relationship, uh, if it was one of those things from the DC Comics that had come up, or if it was just they were just hanging out together, if it was kind of like a Teen Titans kind of thing. Right. Yeah, the, it I don't was, know who it was. was one of those things that like it called back to like the old like Bobby Drake turning into Iceman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Iceman during like Spider Man and his, uh, his amazing friends. And so that was awesome That's to cool. watch. That's cool. Uh, but I, I could, but I thought it was, I thought it was maybe Starfire. But again, it was like a woman in a pool who just lights herself on fire. Yeah, she was like, it was like green fire, and then, and like then they green, both were yeah. teleported out. So yeah, they had, they had neat moments like that. I can't remember anybody else. I do remember Wonder Woman having a couple like super heroic scenes where she's just taking on like full platoons of these things all by herself and her bracelets, basically. Like, right. she's got the Shining Knight there, who's fine, I guess. But there is, there was one. There was one other moment that was a little bit weird during one of the fights where suddenly they, they introduce a character that is wearing a, uh, like a mask over his face okay. that makes his face completely blank, and he looks like an old noir detective. Yeah, isn't that, um, isn't that the question? That's, that's the question. Yeah, that's the question. That is the, this is not like an like that's the question. Adam Costello bit that Dave and I are doing not right now. Not trying to. The, the character's name is actually The Question. All capitals, yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, that was cool. And uh, who was that? Who was the cowboy with, like, the six guns? Oh, God, I couldn't. I, that was another one that I was just like, I, I'm trying I, desperately. I used to like him because he had great quips. Like, he was always really funny. He always had a quick barb. Um, but I can't remember his name now. I'm sure somebody yeah. out there is screaming at their phone podcast right now. It's probably Evan. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, just, doing, they're doing the move that we talked yeah, about. They're doing it. They're crushing their phone, throwing it into space. But the, the main thing to keep in mind here is like there's pretty much every hero and every villain that's left is fighting all these parademons across the world. Meanwhile, the main battle that's taking place is between Darkseid and Superman. And Superman even says, once he gets wind that all these guys are, are coming to occupy Earth, he says, where's Darkseid's ship? Because that's where I want to be. Right. So he's heading right into battle. And he's basically taking Batman and Luther with him. Which was interesting if, in the way it kind of panned out. Truthfully, if I'm going to bring two other people into battle, probably going to pick those two. Yeah, it's really not a bad... One, uh, one with a vendetta and one who's the world's greatest detective. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's just put it this way. The two people who always have contingency plans for every situation, hell yeah, I'm going to bring them into battle. Absolutely. They're the perfect strategists. <laughs> the, only, the only thing that I would think if I was Superman, like, should I bring my two greatest assets into battle where they can just be instantly murdered? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that crossed his mind. So if you're not familiar with Darkseid, he's got a lot of crazy tech that basically verges on magic because it's so far advanced from, from us. So he's, his main mode of attack is these things called Omega Beams. 
and they kind of look like laser beams that shoot out of his eyes, except they don't follow a straight path. They can zigzag, chase people around. They can kind of go on infinitely until they hit their guaranteed target. And that uh, non-linear path is what makes them so threatening because if if you're the recipient, you are going to watch them kind of almost slowly... Yeah. come towards you in a zigzag pattern ever getting getting closer and closer and that, that's menacing that's that's jason Voorhees style menacing yeah. where the threat you know that the threat is coming for you but the threat is like i'll get there you're gonna die yeah on Don't my, worry on about my it. clock though buddy I'm yeah in no right? hurry. yeah actually i remember an earlier episode probably in justice league when superman squared off against dark side before he hadn't seen the omega beams before so he kind of dodged okay. the laser beams and then they like go past him, kind of like make a U-turn and come back and hit him square in the back. Do you remember that? No. I, I'm either, I have to go back I'm definitely not making out. it up. I just can't remember if it was from the cartoon or if it was from like a, a comic. Um, but he basically like dodges them. They just zoop, 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 zigzag around, which is like the first time <laughs> you see that you're just like, what the fuck? Like things can't do that. And then hits him square in the back. <laughs> so in this instance, well, before we even get into the Batman stuff, like, what was your take on Superman during this early fight, man? Because it wasn't looking real good. Uh, I really thought the Earth was boned. Yeah, it didn't look good. That was my, my impression was we are now we all hail dark super side. Boned. Yeah. yeah, we are super boned. This is not going to go well for Earth. No, and it starts with dark side basically showing up. He has some great lines <laughs> that I wish I would have written down. But he basically says, like, I'm here to reduce the Earth to cinder and exterminate every life form on this planet. But first, I will make sure that you are still, like, coherent enough to watch it happen. And then I'll kill you. He has some great lines. And he also says, like, I'm stronger than I ever was before. And he's like, and you barely held your own last time. And Superman's trying to show a little bit of bravado. But then he gets (laughs) beat the fuck down with the globe on top of the daily planet, which I thought was was hysterical. How many people died in the Daily Planet building, do you think? Also, yeah. I understand that you are a newspaper, yeah. and I understand <laughs> the need for you to report on what's happening, yep. but you have mm-hmm. a boom tube that just opened up and let an, uh, an apocalyptian invader hold residence above your newspaper. I would maybe telework that day is what I'm saying. Yeah. I would Call maybe sick, telework new job. Out, outside of that city. I'd get the hell out of Metropolis. Definitely don't just be kicking back in that one office chair like yeah. my dude was doing. He's just sitting there reading the damn paper like while shit's <laughs> happening 20 feet above his head. Well, he's super there, dead. There is, there is a battle dead. and there, there are people shooting each other and there are parademons flying around and Luther is brandished two guns Batman's throwing explosives. Superman's getting pummeled. And people are still like, what are we going to put on page six? Like, what's the crossword going to be tomorrow? Yeah. And just like, get the hell out of I here. I wonder if living in they Metropolis. They seem surprised. <laughs> they did well. They seem fucking surprised. For the nanosecond before they were incinerated by the resulting explosion. <laughs> they show, and they show every single floor of the um, Daily Planet building just being like exploded out balls of flame shoot through every single floor all the windows blow out like there is nobody left alive there many dozens of people if not hundreds died um but yeah there i I think from living in metropolis you see this stuff so often that you're just like meh we'll take care of it might be some collateral damage but it's probably fine it's not really worth going outside it's like the fire alarms at work like you don't really want to do it so if you're forced you'll have to go outside yeah right yeah terrible but yeah those people are dead so 
in the basement of uh, the Daily Planet now, Darkseid has pretty much pummeled Superman more or less into submission, and he keeps getting interrupted by these little insects that are Batman and Luther. Right. And they have various little things. They don't really do anything all that interesting to distract him. They basically just like throw batarangs or shoot him just enough to like piss him off, and he just like flings him away. The one right. interesting thing that happens is Batman actually evades the Omega Beam. Right. And that catches Darkseid's attention. He's like, oh, no one's ever done that before. That but was a pretty cool. That was pretty a pretty cool scene. And then what does he do next, though? He looks at Luther <laughs> yeah. and is like, I wonder if the other one will be as successful. Yeah. And he begins to, his eyes begin to glow. Luther sees this and just jumps the fuck out nope. of him. Like, just, nope. I'm out. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> his vendetta, like, cleared up real quick. Right. He, ran, he was the moment, first one to run at him and when this whole thing started, and then he got thrown off a building. So that was pretty yeah, much the I end don't... of him. Yeah. At what point do you think, like, what had to be going through your 12th level 12, intellect mind 12 plus, yeah. to think that you can run and jump at a god as a way, like, just to tackle him to the ground? Yeah, like, tackle what, that god. Yeah, how? I don't, I don't think so. He wasn't I thinking don't... straight because his, his best buddy Brainiac was gone, gone forever. I know. Wasn't thinking. Well, we get this moment where. Suddenly, after uh, Luther jumps, we get sort of the, the polite good guy Superman does the kind of like tap on the shoulder and is like, excuse me, and then proceeds to then punch Darkseid like right in the face. Yeah. And it begins this whole series of events, which leads up to, I want to say, probably one of, the, one of the greatest sets of dialogue that has been in this, this two-part series. It was amazing. And, it was, and so this was the scene that like, I didn't know this was the scene that I was going to see as I was watching the show, but as it started going on, I was like, holy shit, that scene is coming. And I remembered it from weird, way far yeah. back in the recesses of my mind. I'm like, is this the scene that I think it is going to be? And it was, and I was super thrilled. So super we have thrilled. this moment where Darkseid just goes, he says, you still try to fight? Can't you see that it's hopeless? And Superman just responds with, uh, and this is in reference to, to Batman right. and him evading the Omega Beam. He goes, that man won't quit as long as he still draws breath. None of my teammates will. Me, I've got a different problem. I feel like I live a, in a world made of cardboard, always taking constant care not to break something, to break someone, never allowing myself to lose control, even for a moment or someone could die. This is when Superman knocks him back, like out through the, the building. He goes, but you can take it, can't you, big man? What we have here is a rare opportunity for me to cut loose and show you how powerful I really am. And in that moment, I, I just did an audible, oh, I was so excited. Shit. I was so excited because I knew what was happening. This is basically like, so what we were saying with Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that, Goku for a while had to like restrain his power because he was like, oh, if I power up anymore, I'm just going to like disintegrate the earth. So he kind of like had to rein it in. The same kind of thing with Superman. Like, he has to worry about breaking buildings and he has to worry about injuring people. And he's just like, nope, gloves are off. Let's see what you got. <laughs> and this is like, you get to see him really open up. And I don't even think he showed as strong as he really was. But the nah, fact he, that he it just felt like, like he was still pulling punches. Yeah. But the fact that like he's been getting the shit beat out of him by Darkseid for the whole episode. And now he just hits him literally twice and sends Darkseid through multiple miles of uh, cityscape at this point. I was hopeful in this moment. Mm -hmm. I was extremely hopeful. And then the next series of events happened. Do I get to do Darkseid's line? <laughs> yeah. Because you got to go do ahead. Superman's line? So, 
Superman has punched Darkseid through multiple buildings and then flown to catch up with him once he's on the other side of those buildings, still flying through the air. And then he kind of like double axe handles, smashes him down into the ground, creating like yeah. this massive crater that Darkseid falls into. But then Superman gets a little full of himself and uh, he starts to approach Darkseid. Darkseid hits him with what's called the Agony Matrix. <laughs> the Agony Matrix, <laughs> which is a pretty sweet. Pretty sweet trap if you're going to have all one. Right, it beats right. a bear trap, the Agony Matrix. That'd be a terrible hunter. He's out there with Agony Matrices. <laughs> for, what a dick. <laughs> so Darkseid walks up to him as, as Superman. I love the effects, the animation on this one, because Superman's trapped in like this electrified web of just energy. And it's, as he's being affected, you, it like blinks and you can see his skeleton. Like that's how like intense all this, this radiation is. It's like, almost like x-rays, like you can see his skeleton. It was really creepy, really disturbing. The yeah. dark side comes up to him and he says, imagine the worst pain in your life times a thousand. Now imagine that pain continuing forever. Oh, that's right. You don't have to imagine. Because he's just getting electrocuted right there. It was pretty fucking great. So yeah. at this point, you're like, okay, Superman had a badass line. Dark side's still kicking. How? And it's like minute 26. Like, how is this going to resolve? Well, <sighs> in comes literal deus ex machina on his floaty throne under under the name of metron yeah. and luther takes a little side trip so go ahead you you've been <laughs> you've been on the I'm, 12th I'm so, level intellect luther for a I'm while so, so curious because because is metron only showing up for luther to see or is he showing up for everybody to see like is everybody aware that metron is just appearing but he, nobody's like the last time noted? he said he stopped time so he stopped time except for right. luther so i think he's just doing that for luther so so this is the moment where uh, I believe believe Darkseid brandishes a Krypton knife. Yes. So Superman is still kind of like in spasms on the ground, and Darkseid's now lording over him with this knife. Yeah. And he says that he's going to cut out Superman's heart and put it on a pike yeah. uh, next to his throne, and yeah. you're just like, ooh, this is, ooh, this is not going to end well. Let's see it then, happen. Yeah. Then you get whiny, whiny Luther, who just points the Metron and is just like, you knew this was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, you knew that this was it. And Metron's response is, well, yeah. Like, yeah, that's exactly I'm what aware. I told you. Yeah. I fucking, I done told you. I told you that last episode. Like, last episode. <laughs> you idiot. So, it was like 10 ticks uh, ago. Yeah. So he, he says something, uh, Luther says something to the extent of, if you knew that this was going to happen, I bet you also know that there's a way to beat Darkseid. And Metron has sort of that, like, ponderous moment where he's just like mm, maybe <laughs> he's very coy <laughs> maybe he's like but it's too dangerous he's just like he's you know and so luther's just like no take me i want this and in this moment you realize that there's th like there's something in this that is stronger than justice than the the personification of justice is superman mm -hmm. there is something that is stronger than justice in this moment which is just pure vengeance mm -hmm. pure hate and vengeance for what is happening because this moment metron transports luther into space, in little space into bubble. a place into a place that he says he will not go yeah the like source wall the, yeah the source wall so he gets all the way out to the source wall let's which describe is just like, the source wall real quick with like weird legends of the hidden temple faces it was like all <laughs> olmec face but yeah. like one of them was um Who's the guy? Who's the devourer of worlds? 
Oh, um, Galactus. Galactus. One of them was definitely Galactus. I don't know who all the other ones were, so I don't know if it was like statues of all like the elder gods of the universe or what, but it was basically just like picture Galactus as like a Mayan rune and then a shitload of them making basically like the wall at the edge of the universe. Yeah. That's where this guy is taking Lex Luthor of, in his space bubble. This is where I started so, to check out a little bit because I was just like, uh, what's going well, on? Well, I, I began to check out for a moment yeah. and then Lex pulls me back in oh, with boy. one of his classic zingers where Metro just goes, I will warn you one final time. Only a 12th level intellect has even the slightest hope of surviving what you are about to experience. Luther just looks at him and he goes, then I'm overqualified. And I was like, oh, he's doing it. Yeah. He's doing he it. Sylvester Stallone his way out of this one. So then he jumps in to Olmec's eye. So first, so he says, he essentially <laughs> says, I'm the smartest man alive, and then jumps out of a space bubble in the middle of space into a dead god's eye in a wall. Again, if I've learned anything about from this month, from the cartoons that we've watched, yeah. referencing Static Shock, mm-hmm. which actually Phil Lamar does some voice work in this yeah. and did some voice work in Static Shock. And so if I've learned anything about time travel and understanding time, it's just, don't think about it too much, Dave, because otherwise your head will explode because it doesn't make any sense to begin with. I, I learned that lesson from uh, time travel expert Melanie Harker. So that's yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we we go through this whole thing where suddenly you like Lex is experiencing sort of what looks like the uh, like the the torture scene from a Clockwork Orange yeah, or just LSD just a, probably. Yeah, yeah, just a barrage of colors and and patterns and flashes. And then suddenly, what happens, Dave? Just he just kind of he just kind of shows up, shows up back on Earth. Well, he just yeah, he blinks out there. You don't see what's happening. We cut back to Darkseid standing over Superman with his Krypton knife or Kryptonite knife. And then Luther shows up, like dressed to the nines, checking his cufflinks, looking real fine. He just kind of like walks up to Darkseid and says, "Like, hey, buddy, what's going on?" Yeah, he goes. Uh, in response to the carving his heart out and putting it on a pike in his throne yeah. room, he just goes. As much as I'd enjoy seeing that, first, you got some business with me. Yeah. You're like, what? That's pretty badass. I thought, because he, he referenced a power suit. He was like, I left my power yeah. suit. I thought we were going to see like a new power suit or something. But no. I thought so too. No. Um, but we don't. We see something. And, and this is fun too, because you, you realize in that moment earlier in the episode where Luther jumps at Darkseid and he's angry and he's just like, I will beat you. And he goes, probability is very slim and then shoots him off that building this is a moment where suddenly dark side's just like you dare challenge me we're like dude we've been challenging you for the last like half an hour you know you you dare challenge me insanity he goes no i'm not here to challenge you dark side i've got something you want yeah and he pulls out the anti-life equation which because way over my honest let's be honest this episode needed one more fucking thing. One more crazy name thing. The anti-life equation, which essentially is a, a sparkly ball of floating like pixie dust in your hand. Like a weird yeah. swirly pixie dust thing that he brought back which, from space, I guess. It's evidently an equation that is so powerful that it will give uh, whoever, whoever has it, it gives them the, like the, it's the equation to dominate all life. And Darkseid believes that it'll give him ultimate power over the universe. Interesting. But we don't ever see that realized. All we see is this swirling dust storm that builds up 
around those two as they're kind of like almost like shaking hands. They're basically both touching the anti-life equation at the same time. Yeah. It was sort of like when a couple gets married and they kind of hold hands like in front of the altar. It was exactly like that. And like then a tornado just... springs up around them and they both just disappear <laughs> in a giant explosion. Just like every wedding I've ever yeah, been exactly. to. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, just like traditional <laughs> American weddings. So Batman is, is essentially like helping Superman up out of this crater to try to get away. The only, there was a little bit of a uh, continuity error or something here where the explosion looks like it took out all of Metropolis, yet not only are Batman and Superman totally fine about 10 feet away, but like all of Metropolis is still standing to the point that right. like even the newscaster is like, oh, hey, Darkseid, we took care of him. So everybody see you on the six o'clock news. Like everything was fine again. Uh, and that's, that's almost it. They disappear. We don't really see what happens. <clears throat> they even, the Justice League members even say like, look, last time you thought he was dead too, but you didn't actually see it, even though you thought you did. Right. So who knows what actually happened to him? So as far as I know, and, I don't and, know what and, happened to him. Right. And in this, this moment, this is the point where, uh, where John, where Martian Manhunter says, if he comes back, we'll be ready for him. Yeah, which is great. I mean, that's, that's what you want to hear from your heroes. That's why they're like, yeah. they're like the eternal watchtower, basically. They're always going to be up there. Um, right. I will say at the end of this one, we had some, there were some funny things between the remaining villains who are now like leaderless and the superheroes. Yep. So the heroes all kind of say to him, like, did, did, they, did they try to make any kind of deal? They're like, hey, you're just going to let us go, right? And they're like, no, we're definitely going to put you in prison because you're all terrible people. And then Batman says something like, we'll give you a five minute head start. And they're just like, wait, what? And then Wonder Woman starts counting down. So all the villains just like run and scatter. It's a very silly moment at the end of a very sort of serious episode. And this is, this is where we have the longest montage of a static staircase that's in the background. I, I like this. I also want to oh, give, a, give a shout I... out to the Flash getting a kiss from Giganta for some reason. I don't know what that was oh, about, but right. okay. That um, was hot. Yeah, I'll take it. Get it. Yeah, get in that giant Giganta. Um, so... <laughs> So then we see it's, yeah, like Sean said, it's just a locked shot on a staircase and pretty much every villain and hero you've seen for the last hour now runs down the staircase in like groups of three or four and just like runs off camera. So they're just doing like the reverse Rocky and just like running out into the city for some reason. But it's cool because it's the last moment you get to see all these heroes and villains together. And in case you missed them kind of like throughout the episodes, here's another chance to finally see them. So you can like, you can see them run. <laughs> It's kind of cool. There, there are people, because I have a list of pretty much everybody who is in this final scene running down uh, the Metro Tower. Dude, the one that is killing me is like the, the weird guy that looks like a bizarro freakazoid. Oh, Creeper. 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 It's been driving me nuts. It's yeah, the creeper. the creeper. Yeah. That's it. Everything else I don't care. I just wanted to know that's the Creeper because I couldn't remember his name. Yeah, yeah. because that's, that's what my superhero name would probably would be. the Creeper? <laughs> I hope so. Uh, Fingers crossed. I'd be like the mailman or something, so not good. You just get so many, because like looking back through this, I don't remember, uh, I'm, I'm presumably the, the character that we, had were, we called into question earlier mm -hmm. uh, when we mentioned Ice turning herself into the block of ice. I'm looking through the list that I have right now, and there was a, there was a superhero that is on this list that presumably came down, uh, and her name is Fire. Oh, okay, so, so maybe like an Ice may and have fire. Been fire and Ice. They probably formed so. like a soul group in the 70s. And uh, we're looking for like two other elements maybe to tag along. But, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Rosemary and Sage. Yes, that's exactly what ice. it was. Fire and yep. Ice and Rosemary and Sage, <laughs> one of the greatest mashup bands of all time. But we we have a bunch of uh, we have a bunch of 
you know, groups like uh, there's Hawk and Dove, who are another like. If you want, you, you can know, you can run down if you have the whole list. If you uh, want, uh, I mean, I don't think so. I or just think pull it's some kind of, of the interesting to, ones out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fun to kind of watch uh, and see all of them as they're coming down because, like you said, like you're gonna see certain characters and then think to yourself, like, oh crap. Uh, who is that one? Right. And, you know, it's going to get you excited again. And, you know, you're going to talk to a friend and they might know it's the creeper. And then you're going to get pumped about yeah. it. So, and trade cards. Uh, plus, there's also, if you, if you just look online, there is, and you just search this episode, the entire list of all the people who come up there, as well as also all the references for who the writer and the creator oh, was. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, also come up as well. That's so nice. it's, a, it's a very fun list. We can, we can post this on the site, too. Yeah, so that, that's a good idea. Uh, People could take a look and, and see all the, the fun, funness that kind of comes in this. And with all that, what I have to say is that the final moment to close this out. So we've seen like 100 heroes and villains run down the Metro Tower steps. The Jesus. final three to close this out uh, are the DC's Holy Trinity. So it's Batman, Superman, yep. and Wonder Woman. And they have kind of the, these sort of lame lines at the end. Like once Batman says, you know, I'll give you a five minute head start. Superman jokes that Batman's getting soft in his old age. So Batman says, don't you have a tall building to go leap? <laughs> and then Wonder Woman, who no one's paid any attention to, just says, and the adventure continues. And everybody runs away from her. The end. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's nice that they, they referenced at least the, like the, was it the Fleischer cartoons of Superman from like the 1940s with the tall building right. stuff? And like because, the original, yeah. You know, the, the faster than a speeding bullet, more, uh, you know, all, all of the... The, like all of the components of Superman, I, I yeah, want to say all the iconic they're memorable, yeah. but they, they sort of get a little bit lost. Well, I mean, faster age. than a speeding bullet when you're talking like dark side and boom tubes and omega beams and anti-life equations, it's kind of like, oh, okay, you're faster than a speeding bullet. I mean, not to mention, we all know that the Flash is faster one of the than... One of the oldest comics I have is, I, I want to say 60, 1967, it is... Um, the world's fastest man. And it's just, there's no bad guys. It's just a race between Superman and the Flash. The yep. Superman, I think, gets uh, the Superman. Superman gets um, amnesia or something. And they both <laughs> somehow wake up in like a Flash costume or something weird. And they don't know who's who. So they decide to have a foot race to see. It makes zero sense. But oh, it, was, uh, it was fun. It was a fun comic. <laughs> Superman uh, and Flash. So- we are at the end of this, not only episode, but the end of this series. Yeah, which is kind of sad. And I, I really, like, now's probably a good time to say, like, look, Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice is coming up soon, probably about a month, a little less than a month, once, eh, a little more than a month, mm-hmm. once you guys hear this. And I, there are signs that Darkseid might be coming at some point in the future. There are, obviously, Justice League movies that are coming out. I can't see them ever topping this though, because there's no way that they're ever going to be able to have that kind of crazy amount of heroes on screen at one time. It's just not physically possible within the next 10 years that they have set up for this movie universe. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just can't do it. First of all, people would be like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> like, who's that weird guy with a, a giant broadsword and wearing like medieval armor walking around? It'd be cool as Easter eggs, but it's going to be a long time coming before they ever get to this point of the Justice League. So that being I, said, I don't know what they're going to do if and when Darkseid right. shows up. Yeah. I, I also think, you know, to, to further extend the idea of, of all of these fun superheroes, because we've, we've had, there's a lot that are, are credited in here, and then there are a lot that are uncredited as well. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, 
we're we're gonna talk about it because Dave reviews it every week. But the Flash and the Arrow on CW do just an incredible job of bringing all of these characters, you know, on the small screen. Yeah, every week. That that to me is maybe it's not a sign of of a good show, but I just love the idea that these shows are paying attention to all of the the history of these these comic book series, and then they're including them in the show for people like us who, when you see them, like kind of like snap your fingers and have that like hand shaking above the head moment yeah. where you're like, damn it, who is it? Yeah. It's the Creeper, Dave. Oh, oh Creeper. yes. So uh, we're, we're doing a new thing on the site, or at least I'm trying to, where we're basically looking ahead at what's coming up on the, on the shows for that week. And now you've basically got like every day has another superhero show for the most part. Oh, you yeah. know, you've got Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, Legends of Tomorrow. and you've, you've got something for every day of the week pretty much. So it's getting hard to keep track of like who the villains of the week are going to be. Like this week as we're recording this, the Black Mercy just showed up on Supergirl. So I did a little write up on the Black Mercy today, which is a whole nother crazy thing that we could get into someday. But um, it's basically like this parasitic plant. That's all I'll say because it's a long story. Right. Then, you know, you've got Killer Frost and Deathstorm showing up on The Flash. And then Legends of Tomorrow will eventually have possibly the Justice Society of America and Jonah Hex and all kinds of crazy stuff. And it's so much fun. And we're finally at the point where people like, um, these are the producers and the showrunners for the, the CW shows and CBS shows, uh, Andrew Kreisberg, Mark uh, Guggenheim, and Greg Berlanti. They're a little older than us, but they're basically, they grew up with the comics like, you know, like Jeff Johns did. And now he happens to write for DC, but he grew up with them. And now they're the people making the decisions that get to put them on TV. So it's cool. You just have fans making shows for more fans. And it's a really right. cool, a, a cool time to be watching TV and to be a fan. Exactly. Yeah. And I think Justice League Unlimited is like a great testament to the previous wave of fandom. It kind of like ushered in this new era of animated and live action uh, entertainment that we all get. I think it's great. And and if you're not interested in live entertainment, you can always check out Young Justice because yeah. that is animated and it is full of great backsides. Ban- bananas great. Bananas great. Ah, it is so good. Check it it out. really, really is a fantastic cartoon. Hey, you know what else is good? This one uh, recommendation from Justice League Unlimited that we have here. <laughs> you, mind if, you mind if I take a crack at this one? Yeah, please, please. It's called I Can't Believe It and it's from Bombo918 from United States. This is back in 2008, so it's somebody that was probably catching up with this after the fact. (laughs) Bombo says, I just started watching this cartoon, and I think it is the best show I have ever seen. And now I find out that it's been on for years, and there is no more. Some of these episodes should be up for awards, no joke. I'm trying to think where I've been in the last four or five years. I love that one as like a non sequitur. Just like he's just losing long, long tracks of time. I'm trying to think where I've been for four or five years. (laughs) Just blacked out. I almost feel like as soon as... Uh. Bombo was done writing this. Bombo was just like, I got to get my life together. No, Bombo just blacked out. And it's, <laughs> it's now, you know, eight years later, I want to know what Bombo's up to. So, okay, here's where he talks about tonight's episode. So the episode Destroyer had the best writing for a cartoon. I will agree with you there, Bombo. It was fantastic. They put so much in a 30-minute show, and Justice League Unlimited put some serious emotion in the writing, like when Superman goes off on Darkseid. And then he goes in, he, he, you know, verbatim lists what Sean said as Superman's lines earlier. And then he finishes with, uh, Bombo says, that is the best thing ever in a cartoon. Bombo, I agree with you. I worry about you because you've been blacking out for like really long spaces. Um, long periods of time. Long periods Bombo. of time, buddy. Uh, a, a 
drinking binge in a blackout that lasts five years is something you should definitely get checked. Yeah, that's beyond rhino drunk at this point. That is well beyond rhino drunk. But you do have good taste in cartoons. So thank you, Bombo. Do you recommend this one to people out there, Sean? Absolutely. Definitely check this out. Uh, It's on Netflix. So you have zero reason to not watch this. Also, Young Justice is on Netflix. Just check that out too. Just, Just what are you doing this weekend? Nothing. Watching Watch all, all. these cartoons. The great thing, like again, when I finished watching this cartoon, Netflix is great because it recommends similar titles. So you, it literally right. the next three things you could have watched were like Justice League, Batman Beyond, and I think probably Young Justice. So it's all it all just kind of like shows up there. So you can just waste literally four or five years of your life, um, and not waste. It, it, it's good entertaining stuff. Just spend four or five years of your life doing that. It's a good time. <laughs> so that's my way of saying yes i recommend this as well absolutely anything Great. else from this episode before we move on to plugs for tonight oh, i think we're good all right buddy what do you have coming up for the folks out there uh i am going to be doing some shows in march and april with washington improv theater for their fighting improv smackdown tournament or fist Fist. you can check you can check all that out and more as they are posting dates shortly find that information witdc.org and as always, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Sean Paul Ellis. You used the whole, the whole word this time. I'm so happy. Keeping it simple. What are you up to, Dave? Uh, same old shit. So you can find me over at Collider.com. Uh, like Sean mentioned, I'll be doing the uh, weekly recaps of The Flash, Arrow, and also The Walking Dead, which will be back on by the time you guys are hearing this. So very excited about that. This second half of this season looks to be completely ridiculous in the best possible way. Um, if you're a fan of the comics, I don't think you'll be upset you'll be pleasantly surprised at uh, what they have coming down the pipe so head on over to collider.com and check out my recaps on that um for me personally you can also head over to davetrumbor.com and check out some short fiction that i've been posting for the last few weeks and uh you know let me know you heard about it here on saturday morning cartoons feel free to comment there and at collider as well if you're interested in finding out more about saturday morning cartoons you can do so at our website saturdaymorningcartoons.com remember that's morning with a u you can also find us on twitter at morning tunes Check out Sean's handiwork on our Tumblr page, saturdaymorningcartoons.tumblr.com. We also have a Facebook page and a YouTube account. You can listen to the podcast each and every week through iTunes and Stitcher. And if you'd like to just drop us a line, feel free to do so. It's saturdaymorningcartoons at gmail.com. If I couldn't get any more excited during this episode, uh, this next bit of news is about to do it. Because we are going to be headed into March. And coming up in (laughs) March, my friends, is going to be the first time we're doing this pocket monster madness month i've been talking about this for probably years now have we been doing this for years we've at least we've been, been talking about for, it for years. we've been doing this for a year and a half for now. our entire lives is we, it's been building up to this moment i'm really excited for pocket monster madness month um essentially what we're going to do is break down the month of march much like the ncaa basketball tournament so we're going to have kind of a bracket but not really and each week we're going to we're going to pit two pocket monster shows against each other and we're going to have a number of judges come in and grade each of the shows on a number of categories and then we're going to see how they kind of all add up and basically by the end of the month we're going to see which one is the de facto smc pocket monster madness champion uh do you remember which ones we have coming up in the first week we've got our number one seed and our number i think eight seed uh we are going to have a Yu-Gi-Oh versus Bakugan Battle Brawlers. <laughs> so I don't know what to expect with Bakugan. I was a fan of Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, yeah, I watched some Yu-Gi-Oh when I, when I was growing up. And we're stretching the Pocket Monster definition a little bit here, but um, not too much. I think you'll get you'll definitely get some of your favorites in here, and maybe some surprises along the way too. So 
we've got stuff going back as far as Pokemon, kind of the original of this, all the way up to something very, very recent that Sean brought to my attention. <laughs> Yo-Kai Watch? Yo-Kai Watch! So, um, I don't know what the hell to do with that, but um, it should be fun. It should be a good month. I'm very curious to see how the scores all uh, end up by the end of the month. And we're, we're doing things like not just overall rating, we're doing, we're scoring like theme song, the monster design, all kinds of fun stuff. So I think, I think it'll be a good time. I, I want to mention that uh, Melanie Harker sent me a clip of a Yokai Watch episode. And it was the craziest thing I think I've seen in a long time. That's going to be, it's going to be good. Is it up there with One Punch Man? Uh, it's, it's crazier for different reasons. Oh, okay. All right. Um, it's just, it's just very, very, very bizarre. I, I, I will occasionally send these guys like a Zatch Bell gif just for fun because it's like one of the weirdest <laughs> things so we'll see how these all stack up but yeah that's um that's gonna be march we're actually starting it on uh, leap day of february we're gonna we're gonna kick off and uh get into march pocket monster madness month so yeah this has been saturday morning cartoons thank you guys for listening and we will see you next month fill out those brackets